May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. I uh, couldn't help but think about the gospel lesson that uh, Father Tony just read. Um, Couldn't help but think, wouldn't it be nice if all of us, and I'm talking about all of mankind, could uh, live their lives like the Beatitudes. It would be a pretty good place to live. Uh, Today is the Feast of All Saints, and the Church has set this day apart for Christians to remember those who in their earthly labors were particularly shining examples of their life in Christ, and to celebrate those who in this life named and claimed Jesus, no matter what the cost. Today we look back to the apostles, like Simon Peter, Andrew, and Thomas. We look back to the martyrs like Stephen, Justin, and Sebastian. We look back to the evangelists, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we also look back to the church fathers, like Gregory, Ambrose, Clement, Ignatius, and John Chrysostom. But we do not look back only to recount the lives of the saints lived on earth. We also look back to be reminded of the lives they live now, in the very place we also long to be, resting in the light of Jesus we still strive to serve. We look back to remember the hope that beckons us toward God's promise of eternal life. My friends, eternal life is the foundation of our Christian hope. And because of this foundation of faith, we have nothing to fear this side of the resurrection. Our hope calls us to channel the uncommon faith of the saints, to follow their example of steadfast devotion to Christ Jesus, and when the time comes, to join them in their eternal rest. This promise is the very essence of today's colic, where we hear the words, Give us grace so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those inevitable joys that you have prepared for those who truly love you. My friends, there is a tremendous amount of hope in those words, but it is not merely hope for some distant future. Rather, it's hope that abides in the grace God gives us now, this very minute. Those of us, however, with a faith much more common than that of the church saints, might still doubt our ability to live up to their example. And that would be a reasonable assumption. You see, looking back on a person's life, labeling them a saint, and renewing a commitment to live like them, is a relatively easy thing to do on Sunday morning. Following through with it on Monday afternoon, however, is a whole lot harder. And because of that, it's important for us to remember the first sentence in today's colic. Almighty God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. My friends, these words acknowledge God's promise of eternal life 
as a present reality. As living members of the body of Christ on earth, you and I are united with the saints who have gone before us. Even though we do not yet share their joy at rest, we are one with them on earth and in heaven. Nowhere is this promise more clearly envisioned than in the covenant of our baptism. You see, when we pass through the waters, we are buried with Christ in his death so that we might be raised with him to new life. By dying to sin and death, we are freed to inhabit eternal life right now. And if we can begin to imagine the baptismal font instead of the grave as the gateway to eternal life, then we will begin to experience to the fullest extent the significance of our salvation. Transformed by God's grace through baptism, we have already been called through the death, through death, into the risen life of Jesus. We are sent into the world as members of a living Lord to find our joy in serving others in Jesus' name, to give abundantly without the thought of what we might re- receive in return, to ask ourselves how can we sacrifice for others. And if we can do all of that responsibly, then we are living up to the ways of the saints that we honor today. This is not to say that a baptized life is a charmed life. Far from it. Baptism by no means uh, it, it means that we are protected and, and against the powers of sin and death. <coughs> Excuse me. You see, as we witness every day the systems of oppression and personal temptations, they continue their assault against us. And when they do, our baptism calls us to be different. It calls us to resist the deceits of our culture. Lying, cheating, stealing, exploiting, earning more at any cost, and buying more no matter what the cost. It's not that the baptized don't struggle. We do, and you you are well aware of that. It's that when we do struggle, we are called to repent, return, and remember that those struggles do not define us. We are defined by something much greater, eternal life. Not a carrot meant to entice us forward, or a prize awarded for following Jesus just the right way. But the promise of God's grace already fulfilled for us in Christ's death and resurrection. Also, in many parts of the church, including ours, this Sunday also offers us a time to remember all the faithful departed who have preceded us to glory, especially those members of our own parish, our own communities, and our own personal families who have died in Christ. By doing so, we again look back to acknowledge those on whose shoulders we stand. Much of the time, as it is with remembering the saints of our liturgical calendar, we do not do it for mere history lesson, but to remember the grace of our baptism that grounds us in the present and makes it possible for us to live the resurrection life right now. These remembrances are likely more difficult than commemorating the saints of old. You see, the absence of those near and dear to us can impact us in uniquely painful ways. 
Whenever deep grief abounds in our lives, we may struggle with the question asked so, so many times. Couldn't God have kept this from happening? As Mary says to Jesus at the death of Lazarus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. In answer to this question, the Feast of All Saints remind us of what Jesus taught Mary on the day he stood with her outside her brother's tomb. The promise of eternal life is not about what God could have done. It's about what God is doing now. You see, as Jesus stands with Mary and begins to weep, he embodies at once what he will soon embody for all time, his solidarity with our suffering. While this grief alone may not bring back our loved ones, through the power of his death on the cross, he grants all of us life forever. You know, one of the more well-known All Saints hymns, which happens to be our recessional hymn today, says it this way, Patriarch and Holy Prophet who prepared the way for Christ, King, Apostle, Saint, Confessor, Martyr, and Evangelist, Saintly Maiden, Godly Matron, Widows who have watched to prayer, joined in the Holy Concert, singing to the Lord of all are there. It's a wonderful poetic depiction of all of the different holy voices that have gone before us. Yet, regardless, they are all one in Jesus. My friends, if our baptism calls us to inhabit this reality in our own daily lives, then the Eucharist gives us the grace we need to keep doing so. As you and I celebrate this Holy Communion together in just a little while, we recall the sacrifice of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And when we do, all the saints and souls in this life and in the next gather together with us to give thanks. At that moment, time mystically blends together to unite us with the entire company of heaven. Again, those on whose shoulders we stand, and those who will one day stand on ours. This Blessed Communion is no less real today than it is any other day. But it is worth looking back to remember right now, so that we may recall the promise of the joy yet to come in this life and the next. May all of us here at St. Anne's be continually blessed by all of the saints for their guidance and for the tough, tough task of living on this side of heaven. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>